0: Let me hear you shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. All right, you guys are alive. So we started, uh, we kicked off the year with a new series. We do series by the year. We don't do them by the month. And this year, the Lord has, has said that there's going to be divine increase on every side. Look at somebody and say every side. So that includes your relationships. They're just going to get better whether it's with your spouse or with your children or your family in general. Divine increase on every side means your health is going to get better. I don't know how you started the year, but at the end of the year, you, your life is going to be better. Your physical body is going to be better. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be healthier. Your mind is going to think clearer. Your mind is going to have peace. You're going to have joy. Can I get an amen? You're going to have clear direction, know where you're going, know what you're doing. Your thought life is going to be better. You're not going to be living in the old days. You're going to be living in the glory days. You're going to be living in what God has prepared for you. Your financial life is going to get better. We're believing that you own it. Look at somebody and say, I own it. I I don't beg, borrow, lease, or rent, live in a shack or inside a tent. I own it. I own it. You know, the rich, they rule over the poor. And the borrower serves the lender. I'm still going to make this as a song one day. It is a song. You're right, Gigi. But you know, the banks, they own all your stuff. So you've got to stop being a big pretender. They own your car, your house, even your jewelry. And none of that stuff is interest-free. So if you want to be free from that slavery, then you better just shout out and sing with me. Say, I own it. I own it. I I don't beg, borrow, lease, or rent, live in a shack or inside a tent. I own it. I need to have a couple of choir girls going, I own it. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. And so your financial life is going to get better. You're coming out of debt and you're going to start building wealth. You're going to get your stuff paid off, your cars. Your house. We're believing that we'll be debt free. Why? So that you have more money to sow into the kingdom. If you don't have a $3,000 mortgage, because that's what houses are like right now. I mean, you can't get a mortgage for under three K now. Unless you live in a tank, tent, or a little shack by the water. I don't even want to get into that. But guess what? We're not living by the system of this world. We're connected to the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and God wants to meet every one of your needs and have, make sure that you have more than enough to sow in every good work. And when you'll seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, all these things get added unto you. But this is a season of divine increase. Things are going to get added to your life this year that you weren't even expecting. Wells you didn't dig, houses you didn't build, vineyards you didn't plant. But the Bible tells us in the book of Deuteronomy that in your blessing, in your prosperity, don't forget God. Look at somebody and tell them, you cannot forget the Lord. And the way that you forget God is you no longer live according to his word. You forget him by not obeying him. And Jesus said, if you call me Lord, Lord, you say you love me, obey me. And that's how you know that you love the Lord. You can stand here and sing a beautiful worship song that will make you cry. I love you. I'll sing it with all my heart, right? But do you obey the word of God? And if you'll obey the word of God, that proves your love to the Lord. Just like a child proves that they love their parents by being obedient to their parents. Same thing. And i tell you what, when you obey God's word, you're living by faith and God is happy. And anytime you have a happy parent, whenever you go to the store, that parent's going to bless you. If you have unhappy parents and you say, Mom, can I have one of these? What are you going to hear? No, be silent, sit down. You're not even coming to the store with me. You go, you stay and clean your room. Amen? And so the Lord, He wants to bless you. If you will delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. And the desires of your heart are not things that you can necessarily earn or pay for. The desires of your heart are placed there by God. And when you're obedient to Him, He surprises you with those things. Look at somebody and tell them the favor of God is better than a thousand days of labor. You can work hard to try and earn something, but in one moment, God can give you something because of His favor. Amen? And so this year, you're going to tap into the favor of the Lord like you've never tapped into it before. And you're going to see the goodness of God overtake you. That's what we've been preaching the whole year. And it's a theme that's going to carry out through the year, and it's really the theme of the Bible. It's not even a theme. It's a thing. It's real. Amen? And so it's right in there. If you you live with the Lord, your life just gets better and better and better and better. Here at Pure, we have a couple of processes for those of you who are new. We want to firstly get you out of the community, just doing whatever you're doing on the weekends, not honoring the Lord, and getting you into the house of God. That's step number one. If we can get people into the house of God and start attending faithfully, then we can start making an impact in your lives. Because the Word of God part-time isn't going to do anything for you. Part-time job isn't going to cut it, amen? You need to be full-time. Look at somebody say, full-time. You don't realize how much you need the Word of God. It It is more valuable than anything else in your life. Having God's presence in your life is more valuable than, doesn't matter what it is, nothing more valuable than the presence and the wisdom of God that'll take you way further than what you can do in your own ability and your own strength. And so once we get you into the house, the next step for you, look at someone and say the next step because it's a journey and we're going to lead you step by step. The second step that you need to take is you need to go from just sitting and attending to becoming a member. Say a member. And we're going to get you from sitting to serving. Say serving. Serving is something you have to learn. This is so exciting. What a great pitch. We get, we get to bring you, <laughs> take your Sundays away from you, the stuff that you do to have all your fun. And we say, nope, you're not going to do that anymore. You come into the house of God. That doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> then we say to you, no longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to hold you three, four hours. Oh, I can't believe this dude. I mean, what's he trying to sell me today? None of this sounds like fun. Then we're going to tell you, you got to start serving. I've got to start attending regularly, and then I've got to start serving people. I don't like serving my wife right now. Why would I want to serve in the church? I don't want to serve my kids right now. I don't want to serve my husband right now. I don't even like serving at work. Customers irritate me. I can't believe I've got to do this job. That's exactly why we need to teach you serving. Yeah, you Say customer service. You need it everywhere you go. Yeah. And we want to teach you how to serve with a good attitude. Can I get an amen? Because when you understand you're not serving people, you're serving God, and God rewards you for it, your whole life begins to change because you realize there's supernatural rewards tied to serving with a good attitude, a.k.a. good attitude. And once we get you serving, then we're going to move you to leading. Say leading. That means you're going to help other people. You're going to be a blessing to other people. Not only will your life be blessed, but then you'll be a blessing to others. And I'll tell you what, God will not only change you, He'll change your family, He'll change your future, and your life will never be the same. And I know the difference between living to please myself and living to please God. The one ended with destruction, and the current life that I'm living is perpetual increase. Every season, every year, just when you think it can't get better, it gets better and better and better. Amen? And so... The reason we do church, this is really the only place that you can come to be encouraged to have a better life. God's way. Where else can you go for free to be encouraged every week? Think about it. What place is there on the planet that you can go to for free to be encouraged, to have your sins stripped from you, to get you strengthened, to get your family in order, things working better, your life working better? Where is that that you don't have to pay for? It's nowhere. But the house of God is a place where God can take your broken life. He can fix it and he can bless you. And i tell you, when the blessing of the Lord is on your life, it just, it's epic. Look at someone and say epic. And so today... I've had mixed emotions about what I wanted to share. Should I carry on with our Divine Increase series? But I felt this morning with having some uh, family in the house, I just wanted to share some other things today just to help people understand what this world of church is all about. The First thing I want to say is when Jesus came into the world, you know, I don't know what your perspective of who Jesus is. A lot of people have different ideas about who he is. But in the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, it says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? Look at the person next to you and say, "King." King. We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod, he was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. See, a lot of people think that Jesus was some kind of religious guy. He was a prophet or he was a priest. But when Jesus came to the earth, he didn't come as a prophet or a priest. He came as a king. He came as king of the Jews. And so a lot of people think that he's some weak pastor or some spiritual guru guy, some prophet guy, but he's not. Say, Jesus is a king. And every king has a kingdom. You cannot be given kingship. You are born a king. You are born into a royal family as a king. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Jesus is a king. And he has a kingdom. And the message that Jesus came to preach, you go look at it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You read the message that he preached, and you will find it many, many times in the Bible. For example, in Luke 4.33, he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to all the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So when Jesus began his ministry, he went around telling everybody that they need to repent, say repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus was coming to tell people about his kingdom and how to get into his kingdom. This is not about church. This is about a king and his kingdom. Say, I am the church. I don't go to church. I am the church. What is the church? The church is the citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's who we are. When we believe in King Jesus and we accept him into our lives, we become citizens of the kingdom of God. How do we do it? We get born again. Look at somebody and say, born again. again. If you open your Bibles to the book of John, Anybody brought their Bible to church today? Awesome. John chapter 3, verse 1. A religious leader who was a Pharisee. Oh, sorry. It was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Look at somebody and tell them, see the kingdom of God. So Jesus was preaching about this kingdom that he was a king of, and he was telling people that they could see into his kingdom. Then he said this, well, let's talk about Nicodemus. He was a little confused. He said, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So just like you were in the womb of your mother, who's seen the pictures? Anybody got pictures of mom pregnant with you on the inside? You don't have any of those? Who's got them? Who's seen actual pictures of your mother pregnant? How about pictures of your mother in the hospital holding you? I think everybody's got one of those. No? We'll ask, we'll ask artificial intelligence to take your face and do something up for you. Okay. Let me rephrase this, seeing that some of you are confused where you came from. Do you believe that you were formed in the womb of a woman and that you were born of woman? Let me see. All right, everybody's on that page. Thank God. I thought we had aliens in the congregation, people that came from another realm, people thinking they were from some other world. Really, you are from another world and uh, we'll get there in a minute. But every one of us were born of a woman. And... When you are on the inside of your mom's womb and God is knitting your body together, you have parents and family on the outside of the womb expecting your arrival. Is this true? Could I have Sarah and Weedner stand up really quickly? Come on, ladies. Do me a favor. Help me out here. There's Weedner over there. You see that? Ladies, why don't you just do a little catwalk for me? Like right past, come show us what you got. You know, just like, mm, 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 mm. you know, show us what what you're carrying, ladies. I want to, I just want to show the congregation here something. I love it. This is like a little parade going on right here. Stretch your hands towards them right now. Heavenly Father, these ladies are about, come here, baby, put your hands on there. Father, these ladies are about to give birth to some brand new living babies, Lord God. And Father, I thank you for moms that have taken the responsibility to to raise their kids, to care for their kids, to love their kids, Lord. And Father, even as my wife lays hands on them, I thank you that every muscle, every tissue, every cell, every bone, every organ, every nerve ending, Every single functioning system in these babies' bodies is perfect. Father, there are no defects. I thank you for perfect sight, hearing. All the senses work properly, Lord God. Perfect speech, perfect recognition, perfect everything, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for quick, easy deliveries with zero pain, Lord, with nothing minimal. Let those babies just pop like popcorn, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you they will not have hours of painful labor, but those babies are coming out quick and easy. We thank you for perfect health and strength. Father, we thank you that every need is provided. Father, we declare your blessing upon these babies right in the womb, in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you that your hand of protection is upon them, God. I know, it's a long prayer, and because I really want to bless your babies good. And Father, <laughs> <laughs> Father, I thank you for their destinies, and that every one of them, they, both of them, Father, they will reach their destinies in Christ, in Jesus' mighty name. Can you say amen? amen? Give them a big round of applause. You may be seated, ladies. Thank you for being part of my object lesson this morning. And so both these ladies, they, they have men at their sides, right? Let me see the men stand up really quick. The men of these two beautiful ladies right there. Uh-huh. Chandler and Dekal, look at these guys. Look, just flex for me real quick, just show how manly no, I'm just kidding. You guys may be seated. <laughs> 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 Woo. And so do you guys have a name picked out for your child already? Not, not, no, no, no. We need to have a meeting. How about you guys over there? Got a name picked out. Is the room ready? Is the crib ready? Is all the blankets ready? and the mount diaper ready? Right? You guys got all that stuff already? You've been preparing, right? This hasn't been like a surprise. No. You saw this day coming, right? It wasn't like you woke up one day and then suddenly, baby, you know, i got to go to the hospital. Something's going on. And then that day you come home with a baby. No, you guys knew this was coming, right? You've been preparing for this day. You've been talking to your baby, haven't you, Wiedner? Oh, yeah, you have. What kind of things have you been saying? Stop kicking me. (laughs) Get off my nerve endings. No, but you've been talking to your baby. You've been rubbing your baby. You've been singing to your baby, right? Thinking about all the things you want to do, all the blessings you're expecting for your child, praying over your kids. Well, I want you to know that baby's coming out, and that baby is going to take its first breath in another realm. That baby is being on the inside of you all warm and cozy, being fed, Just all snug as a bug in a rug. And then suddenly, say suddenly, this water releases. And the baby is like, what is going on? This is a new sensation. And then this pressure. This is this pressure that starts pushing this baby in a direction. It doesn't want to go. And this child begins to hear mom make noises. She's never heard mom make before. And there's been some words that were communicated to dad that, I don't know, a little trauma happening in the womb, lots of lights. And then when the baby comes out after this pressure and this canal, there's this coldness that it's never felt before. And then it opens its mouth and takes this breath of this stuff that goes in and changes their skin color and causes them to start breathing by themselves. And then you hear it. Ah! The voice kicks in. That baby takes its first breath, and it has parents holding it, parents that have provided for it, parents that have named it, parents that have a room waiting for it. Parents and uncles and family and a church that are waiting and expecting for this child's arrival. I want you to know it's exactly the same thing with God's kingdom. It's exactly the same process. Because the Word of God comes into you. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And you believe it and His Word comes on the inside of you. And on the inside of you, you begin to change You begin to get a new identity, say a new identity. You you are being formed and you're being knit together and you're becoming a brand new creation in Christ. And let me tell you this the minute that you take your, the minute that you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is like the oxygen of heaven. And when you get baptized, you get baptized in water, say the water breaking, but then there comes the Holy Ghost which is the oxygen of heaven. And I want you to know that when you are born into the kingdom, Jesus said, when you are born into the kingdom, you'll be able to see it and you'll be able to enter into it. And I want you to know that God is waiting for your arrival in His kingdom. The Father has a new name for you. He has a home for you. He's got everything that you need already provided. He has a good plan and purpose for your life. Everything that you need has already been provided. Not only that, you are born into a royal family and you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Say, I am born into a royal family. That makes you a prince and a princess. You're heirs to the kingdom of God. Your identity is in God. That means you're a child of the king. Do you understand who you are? But there's a process of being born into the kingdom. And we want to lead you through that process. And then you start hearing your father's voice. Your father starts teaching you. Your father starts correcting you. Your mother starts teaching you. Your mother starts correcting you. They start preparing you for the time that you can leave the house. And that you can stand by yourself. And that you can... Live a successful life. Well, I want you to know that your heavenly father is doing exactly the same thing. He wants to raise you up in his household. He wants to raise you up in his kingdom as a son and a daughter of the most high God. And then he wants to release you into the plans and the purposes that he has for you so that you can rule and reign in this life and be successful as a child of the most high God. Do you understand that? So church is not about showing up on a Sunday to be part of some program where you sing a few songs, give a little money in the offering, and maybe serve here and there. You understand that you're no longer going to live as people do on earth. You're going to step into your new identity. You're going to step into the kingdom, and you're going to start living according to God's kingdom, not the kingdoms of this world. And the Bible says that Jesus has delivered you out of the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of His Son. And so family, what you need to understand is that you are royalty when you're born again. And that you tap into everything that God has. There's no lack in His kingdom. There's no sickness in His kingdom. God has an army, Say He has an army. He's the Lord of heaven's armies. Every king has a military. God has got a constitution in his kingdom. Your Bible is his constitution. These are the laws of the kingdom of God. That's why it's important that you obey these laws. Because as a citizen, if you break the laws of the land, you go to jail. Well, not anymore. I'm not going there because I don't want to leave angry. But if you're going to live in the kingdom of God and you're going to treat the citizens of the kingdom or the family of God right, we all got to live by the same rules. We got to live by the same standard. Because this is how you treat one another. This is how you care for one another. This is how you deal with your wife. This is how you deal with your husband. This is how you deal with your children. This is how you deal with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Can I get an amen? This is how you deal with your employees. This is how you come into God's presence. This is how you live by faith. This is how you worship. This is how we do stuff in the kingdom. This is your manual for the kingdom of God. That's why we obey the laws. Because just like you grow up here in your parents' household, you're driving down the road, your parents teach you hey, you don't run the red light, you stop at the stop street. Americans actually let pedestrians pass when they stand at the crosswalk. Foreigners come here and they want to ride you over. Now you got to watch out. I remember the day where it was safe to cross the crosswalk. Now it's like who's driving? And so there are laws in the kingdom of God, family. And that's why we're learning the laws of the kingdom so that when we stand on our own, not only are we, we good citizens of the kingdom of God, but we are teaching our kids now how to be citizens of the kingdom of God. And they are kingdom blessings, more than you can imagine. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms has been given unto you. And it's available to you as a child of the Most High God. Now, I gave this analogy to our members group on uh, Wednesday night. And I want to do it again because it's really important. So I'm going to use you two. Come stand right here. You didn't do it. It's all right, bro. All right. What do we got? This is, I need, Kim, I need you to stand on this side of your husband, please. All right. So for a moment, we're going we're to pretend. Look at the person next to you say, pretend. We're going to pretend this is God the Father, and this is God the Son. No, you got to sit down. Adam, come here. I'll use you in a second, Kim, because you got to keep the genders right nowadays, you know. We're going to make him God the Father because he's bigger, and this will be God the Son. Come stand right here. Get a little closer. Come right here. He's a big guy. Yeah, God the Father, God the Son. So the Bible says that when Jesus came to the earth, he died Is this true? God raises him from the dead. He's now glorified. Then he's telling his disciples for 40 days about the kingdom of God, proving to them in many ways that he was actually alive. Then he gives them the great commission, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, right? Anyone who doesn't is already condemned. He says, these signs will follow them, that believe they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yeah. And he he gives them this list of instructions. And then suddenly he levitates. It's in the Bible. Levitates? Yeah. He gets picked up somehow and he gets carried into heaven. And the disciples are watching him like Superman take off and go into heaven. And then suddenly two angels appear. You can read it in your Bible. Two angels appear and they say, Men, why does thee looketh into the sky? In the sameth manner that you hath seen him go, he shalleth return. Because they spoke Elizabethan English in those days. In the Roman Empire, they spoke Elizabethan English. I don't know if you knew this. It's a joke. It's just a joke, guys. Relax. (laughs) Man, that pastor's crazy. And so, Jesus sat down at the right hand of God the Father with all authority, all power. And he holds in his hands the keys to death and the grave say so he's got the keys to death and the grave that means when you die you can you'll, you won't stay dead you will be resurrected and you will spend eternity with God in his presence in a new resurrected body say a new body my thought body is epic i got my hair back got my muscles back got my abs back i got thunder arms can we get an amen Got no spring rolls and fat rolls. No, we're looking good. A body that never sleeps. A body that never dies. A body that'll never know sickness. A body that's empowered by God's presence. Shock Zulu, baby. All right, before I get too excited and then take off and leave the planet. So Jesus is at the right hand of God the Father with all authority and power. And he is the head of the church. Say, that's me. So Jesus is the head of the church with all authority and power, a name which is above every name, and we are the body. He's the head and we're the body. If we're the body, we hold the keys to death and the grave. That means you have the power to set the captive free. That means you, we have the power to deliver people from a certain destruction in hell and bringing them into the kingdom of God. You have that power. The minute you begin to tell people about the kingdom and about Jesus, something begins to work in them because the power of God gets released for them to realize there's a God who loves them and has a blessing for them. Who wants to be blessed? I think everybody in this building wants to be blessed. Anybody like being cursed? Let me hear it real loud. You like being cursed? No. No. We want to be blessed. Let me say this too. People that want to be blessed but have an issue with financial blessing, they're schizophrenic. How can you be blessed but not financially? You can be blessed in every other way, but hey, keep the money away. No, you need money to live on the planet. Look at the person next to you. Say, you need money to live on the planet. Say, duh. So people that that stand against prosperity are idiots. because this world works by money. I don't know if you guys understand that. Everything costs money, except when you have childcare in our centers. Because people don't pay, and then when they leave angry at you for not paying, they say, well, I thought you were the church. Yeah, we are the church, you're a thief, get out. Just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean childcare is free. If you own a restaurant, and you're a Christian, and I rock up at your restaurant, and I order filet, and I order the lobster on your menu, and I give you the best service, I even bring you the sauces, and I bring you an ice-cold drink, and I have my chef sweating in the kitchen, right? You got your chefs cooking it up. This isn't just any chef. No, this is a chef. You got a chef that you pay money to. Waiters that you gotta pay. Light bill that you gotta pay. Rent payments. Do you know what cam fees are like? Our insurance doubled this year. Say so there's expenses. And then some Christian comes into the building, orders all this stuff, and then says, thank you for the meal, and then walks out the door without paying. How are you as a business owner gonna react? And then get told. I'm not going to say the curse words that were included. But I thought you were a Christian. What does that have to do with anything? Pay your bills. That's why the world hates Christians. They think they're entitled. Nothing worse than somebody that's entitled. Think that they should get something for doing nothing. Look somebody and say, if you don't work for it, You don't deserve it. Anyway, let's get back to the kingdom. How you doing, bro? So, right hand of God the Father, all authority, all power. Say, I'm the church. I'm the body of Christ. In Christ Jesus, you have all authority and all power. Every spiritual blessing given to you. Amen. Miss Kim, I'm going to use you now. Come on this side for me. So here's Miss Kim. She's living on the earth, right? She's living here on the earth. She discovers Jesus. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the gateway. He is the doorway. He's the connection between earth and heaven. Say Jesus is the doorway. He's the gateway between heaven and earth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. The only way that you tap into the kingdom and the blessing God has for you and everything in the kingdom is through Jesus. If you don't get through Jesus, you don't get to the Father. Now, you can try Muhammad, you can try Buddha, you can try Allah, you can try Hare Krishna, you can try any guru that you want. You can tap the spirit realm, but you won't tap the God realm. Are you with me? You're not going to tap into the plan that God has for your life. You're not going to tap into the blessing that God has for you. You're not going to tap into the peace and all the stuff the Lord has provided for those who love Him. Those who obey Him. Can we get an amen? amen. So Miss Kim, you know, I come, preach a guy, preach to her. She hears this message about the kingdom. She says, I want to come into the kingdom. I want the blessing that you're talking about. So here I am. I lead her into the kingdom. I bring her to Jesus, and Jesus introduces her to the Father. Can we get an amen? That's how this thing works. But now, come back here. The Bible says that we are seated together with Christ at the right hand of the Father. That is your position. Say, that's my position. So you get given a benefits package, and your position, your office, is here. This is where your position is. But you're living on the earth. You're down here. And Kim's mind, I'm going to use you two right now. Come stand right here for me. When Kim grew up, this is her parents, by the way. This is Kim's parents. Come a little closer. Come into the light a little closer. Come into the light. So this is Kim's parents. They adopted her. my biological mama. Okay. So they raised Kim, right? But they raised Kim in the world, you know, with all the worldly principles, run off to money, do this, do that, get a boyfriend when you're 12. At 16, you can start drinking with me, come have a shot with me. Uh, You know, Kim's mom took her out on the porch to start smoking marijuana at 17. Kim's dad it beat her, like, from when she was adopted because she never did anything right. And then the principal at school, you know, because of all the stress at home, she wasn't doing right in school either. She was having a bad, bad run at school. Her grades were bad. Everybody called her all kinds of names, you know. Then she got depressed. So her mom put her on. We took her to the doctor and put her on some depression medication and three other medications. Now, she's a zombie. She she doesn't really know her life. It's a bad life, right? I mean, on the hockey team, she got whacked, you know, on the hockey field. All bad. And Kim just knows all the bad, you know? People teasing her at school because her teeth weren't straight. All that, and parents didn't do anything to take her to the nothing. It's just a bad life. And then Kim f- hears about this kingdom. Oh, she hears about all the blessings. She hears about God. She hears about healing. She hears about God loves me. I want some of that because I hate my life right now. She's depressed and on, all kinds of stuff. Right? The problem is it's a real story. And I'm sticking to it. (laughs) The problem is, Kim hasn't renewed her mind to everything that's available to her in Christ. So just because you're a Christian, if you don't know what belongs to you, how is it going to get transferred to you? If you don't know what belongs to you, it doesn't matter if you're saved. It doesn't matter if you love God. It doesn't matter if you come to church. It doesn't matter if you even serve in kids ministry or greet people at the door. If you don't know who you are in your new creation, in your new life, if you don't know the good plans that God has prepared for you, the things that He wrote about you before the foundation of the world, if you don't understand the blessing and the inheritance that's available to you in Christ Jesus, you're going to have a billion dollars in the bank account but not know how to get that money out. And a lot of us come to God, we come to the altar, we pray a prayer, we come with our broken lives, but we don't take the time to renew our mind to the Constitution and find out who we are and what we've got. And when you understand the kingdom in this way, church changes perspective for you. It's no longer a place you come to where the pastor wants to make me do all the stuff I don't want to do. It becomes a house where you come to learn about who you are in the kingdom of God. And as kingdom citizens, we become brand new creations. We get blessed by God and we're going to go out and get other people blessed. Can I get an amen? The church for too long has been sitting behind four walls at some little social bless me club. Preaching some weak compromise message. But it's time for the church to stand up. Can I get an amen? amen? Whose identity is really in Christ. Can I get an amen? And it's time for us to go own some stuff. Amen. Hmm. Look at the person next to you and say, it's time for you to own something. When God took the Israelites out of captivity and slavery in Egypt, he brought them into a promised land, and he blessed them with property of their own. Can I get an amen? amen. Houses and wells and businesses. He blessed them. And I want you to know God wants to bless you. Not so that you can stand there and say, I'm blessed. Look at me. No, so that you can be a blessing. So that what we can do is bring more people into the kingdom and teach them how to rule and reign in life. Amen. And that's what this family is all about. Now, religion's another story. Let's give these actors a big round of applause. Thank you. You may be seated. So in Jesus' day, they were called hypocrites. That's what actors were. Say hypocrite. Side street performers. Pretenders. But they're not actors. They're genuine. Amen. So family, do you see what this thing's about? It's about us being born into the kingdom where our eyes open to see things we've never seen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Your eye hasn't seen it. Your ear hasn't heard it nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And how does God do it? He reveals it to you by the Spirit. That's why you got to get the Holy Ghost. Because when you get the Holy Ghost, you get that oxygen of heaven, you come alive in the Spirit. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll see, you'll hear, and you will know things. Just like when a child is born, comes out of the womb into this world, it takes that first breath, and its senses come alive, and it begins to see, hear, know, smell, taste, touch, and learn everything about this realm. The minute that you come to God and receive Christ and get the Holy Ghost, you awaken to the kingdom of God. And you go back to the Garden of Eden where God starts to walk with you, talk to you, show you who you are, and the life that He's prepared for you. And this is what it's all about. Who likes that? All right, everybody stand with me this morning because that's what's available to you. Can we get an amen? amen? So what is repenting all about? Repenting is about turning away from your life now. There's a story in the Bible that my wife likes to talk about a lot. It's about the rich young ruler. And this rich young ruler, Jesus offered him the kingdom he came up to Jesus, he heard about this kingdom thing, and he asked Jesus, hey, uh, what, what must I do to enter the kingdom? And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. He said, I've done all of that. And then Jesus looked at him and said, uh, sell everything you have, give it to the poor and follow me. And the guy, the guy had, had a lot of wealth. He wasn't ready to give up what he had. And so he declined. And then Jesus made the statement, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom. You see, and what you don't realize is money is your God when you've got a lot of it. And you don't need God. You really don't. When you've got money, everything's paid for. You can buy whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You've got freedoms that other people don't have. So why do you need God when your life is comfortable? Is this true? And family, that's what we got to watch out for. That we don't get to the point where we walk in the blessing to such a degree that we begin to compromise on obeying what God tells us to do. Because we as Christians in the church, we're doing what it takes to get to where we, we step into the blessing. But then you get comfortable and you start backsliding. And that becomes a very dangerous place. In the book of Matthew, Jesus lays it out really clearly. He says, You're gonna pick one or two gods. You're gonna run after wealth, or you're gonna run after God. You're gonna run after the things in this world to have more stuff, or you're gonna run after God. And you gotta choose which direction you're going. But Jesus said that if you'll run after the kingdom, all the stuff you desire will be added unto you. But I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't deal with that stuff in your heart any other way. You can't buy peace. You can buy marijuana and get high. Feels like peace, but it's fake. It's temporary. You're depressed. You can get ecstasy or whatever the doctors put their kids on nowadays. Ecstasy. That's what I call it. To deal with your depression. Yeah, when life is so stressful, you run to the liquor store and you get drunk. And that's where you experience joy. That's the only type of joy you know and understand. And you start giggling over your wine. But that doesn't fix your life. You can't buy a good relationship with the woman you're married to or the man you're married to. To have communication in your household where the two of you work together as a team. And you live to support one another's dreams and do great things for the kingdom of God. You can't buy that. No amount of money can buy that. You can buy each other stuff, but you can't buy a relationship. A relationship with your kids where they actually like you and call you on Mother's Day, not because you threaten them to. Call your mother, the wicked witch of Eastwick. (laughs) Call your father on Father's Day on his birthday. I hate him. No, let's just be real. You can't buy this stuff. Peace, wake up every day with purpose. Wake up every day not having fear. Wake up every day not having guilt on your shoulder, feeling guilty about your life, having condemnation, feeling like you deserve punishment, the stuff running around in your mind about what everybody did wrong to you, the judgment that you have in your heart. When you look in the mirror, you don't have peace with who you are. Money cannot buy that. The only thing that can fix that is Jesus. He can fix that broken image on the inside of you. He can clean you out on the inside where you're no longer stressed and in fear every day, worried about where you're going. He'll give you purpose for your life. He'll give you clarity. It's the only way to find the real thing. Everything else is fake, I'm telling you right now. Say, how do you know? I lived it. I've been doing this a long time. And I know the difference between the two worlds. Can we get an amen? So my question to you today is, have you surrendered your life to the lordship and the kingship of Jesus Christ? Have you made a decision that you're going to follow him? Have you made a decision that you're going to let him be the door to the kingdom and bring you into the presence of God? Do you know the only thing that will satisfy you is God's presence? Do you know that birds were born to fly, fish were born to swim? And you were born for the presence of God. And unless a bird is flying, it's not in its full potential. Unless a fish is swimming, it isn't in its right environment. If a tree isn't in the ground in its right environment, it will not flourish. And the only way your life will flourish, divine increase on every side, is when you step into the presence of God. And when the presence gets in you, because you're a temple. And that's what Jesus is offering you today. He's saying, come and be a part of the kingdom. Let me show you things you've never imagined. Let me show you what I've got for your life. Let me show you the blessing I have for you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. These are things that begin to grow in you. And the people you used to hate, you now can look at them and love them instead of fighting with them. Instead of picking out the weaknesses in people, you can look at people and see the good in them. And it's a change of heart. It's a change of perspective. And only the love of God can do that. And the Bible says God is love. So when you invite him in, you're inviting the spirit of love on the inside of you to change you and everything that you see. It's like looking through a brand new set of lenses. And religion is horrible, but the kingdom is real. Religion will keep you out, but Jesus invites you in. You opened up my eyes to so- I saw the ceiling shatter. The moment you came down and hit the floor, I feel your fear.